Welcome to NREI's Common Area Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning editorial staff at NREIOnline.com. Let's jump right into this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Common Area with your host, David Bodemer. Good afternoon, David. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. I know that we are going to introduce the audience to kind of a new format for the show. Uh, You want to explain what's going on? Yeah. So up to this point, we've been doing a lot of uh, weekly shows with a lot of recapping, several stories, a lot of highlights from each of our week's coverage. Uh, We're going to shift or we're going to shift to doing an every other week format going forward. So podcasts will be hitting your inboxes every two weeks instead of every week. And we're going to try some more rather than just kind of doing news highlights. want to try to have slightly more in-depth conversations on, you know, big issues or stories within, within the sector. And um, so, yeah, so that, that's, that's the idea. All right. Trimming down the amount of news, maybe do uh, we're going to do, I know we're going to do one story today. Maybe some of the podcasts will be one or two stories together. But uh, yeah, so we'll dive a little deeper. So I'm pretty pretty excited about that. And I know today we're talking about Mickey D's, right? Yes. All yes. right. So what's so important so, about Mickey D's that we're spending a podcast talking about? <laughs> so it's um, not the not necessarily the newest idea, but I think it's it's an idea that's being brought up again. But this concept that you know, at its heart, McDonald's is not really a burger company; <laughs> it's a real estate company. And so unpacking what that means and talking a bit about why that's kind of coming, coming up again. Got it. All right. Yeah. So it's, uh, I've heard that before. I don't know much about it, but I've heard before that they are almost more of a real estate company than they are a fast food restaurant. Uh, And I think they're one of the few in the United States, at least that could be considered that. Is that right? That's right. And basically, I mean, if you, if you look at their portfolio overall, they own a tremendous amount of the real estate of all the McDonald's uh, in the United States and, in fact, globally. When you see McDonald's, so for a lot of you know chain restaurants, what you're often seeing, especially franchise spaces, is there could be any number of arrangements. It could be a third party that owns the site. And then the franchisor is renting the space and then also has their franchise agreement with, you know, Subway or or whoever. Mm -hmm. In McDonald's case, they actually own a tremendous amount of the real estate. And I think the the current value of that globally is actually is $34 billion. Wow. So, So that makes them one of the largest real estate companies in the world when you look at that number. And the question that often gets raised, I think if this comes up like every maybe three or four years is especially like when McDonald's may be having some choppiness in its sales numbers, you know, they may be having some revenue, some operational revenue questions. Often people will like look back at that real estate line and then be like, well, why don't, and which is always rock solid because, you know, the, the, the way that they structure this thing is, is since they own the real estate, they, their agreements with their franchisors are often the, that person is renting the space for McDonald's and also has the franchise agreement. So, so um, it's kind of like a, a double, a dual contract situation mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. and, and then if you look at those two different revenue streams, the rental stream is often more, it's more consistent. It's more, it's more locked in and, and it's not as dependent on the operational, you know, things that may, may be affecting operations, things that, things that may be affecting sales. 
So there's often this, this idea that gets raised of why don't you split those into two different companies and have a McDonald's real estate company and then you have your McDonald's franchise company and have a kind of clear two different sort of more clarified operational structures, something that's a little bit clearer for investors. They can choose to invest in one or the other or both. And, you know, and, and maybe, you know, try to unlock some value that way too. Hmm. So you said it comes up every three or four years, right? So what has been the, what's been the problem so far? Is it just not a good idea? And there's just a few people that are thinking it might be, and they just get voted down or what? Yeah, I think it's kind of that. I think at the end of the day, like it's something that makes, you know, they consider it. And if the management is often just come back with the idea that like, no, it doesn't make sense to do that. Like that, at the end of the day, we want it. We want those two things connected. That splitting the real estate and the operations and the franchiser is not something they want to do. And it may sound so. I think it's like this idea that a lot of third-party analysts or investors think will be a great idea. Because you know the the other the other potential benefit of doing that is by rolling the real estate into a real estate investment trust. You're 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 dealing with an entirely different tax structure. Than, than they currently have right now. You know, REITs don't pay the same kinds of, they have a different corporate tax rate. They have a different corporate tax structure. Uh, so like there, there's some, you know, some gains that they would have there, give them some flexibility around when they sell their real estate. But I think at the end of the day, the company just kind of would rather not those things to be separated. And also it doesn't see that doesn't consider any potential tax advantages that they would get from a reach structure to outweigh the overall benefit that they enjoy from having that be one holistic company at this point. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I think splitting it into two companies puts it in a weird position because what if you have the the heads of those two companies kind of looking in different directions, right? Yeah. It's it, it just, I don't know. I mean, the, as the real estate market fluctuates, all of a sudden, uh, you know, the, the folks that are running the real estate side of things are thinking, well, we need to do A, B, and C where that doesn't work well with the franchise side. And yeah, I, I think that would cause a lot of problems, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could raise some issues. It could raise problems because what if, I don't know, if, or pro- problem, challenge, conflict. Yeah. If, if on the real estate side, what if you decide the best use of that space is actually not to be McDonald's? Mm-hmm, could exactly. be, you know, that, that could be a pad. Oh, maybe we want that to be a bank instead, which then may, does that come into conflict with as real as, as a company with a certain site selection strategy and looking for a certain distribution of stores, McDonald's, you know, maybe looking for a certain saturation for like how many restaurants they want in each state or each market and certain, certain distances from each other. I mean, there's a whole lot of refinement that over the years that they've put into that strategy. Uh, of like, you know, not just granting franchises willy-nilly, but having, you know, and I think all of these massive chain operators try to do that. I mean, there's mm-hmm. always some churn. There's always not every decision will be 100% correct. But overall, it's like they've worked. Um, there's been a, a lot of a lot of refinement evolution in the last 10, 20 years around those kind of portfolio strategies, and which, which may also mean by like, okay, we, you know, we want to have a certain number of locations per population density. And even if that means maybe certain locations don't perform as well, it's just part of this overall having the presence being ubiquitous. You know, some, some locations are going to outperform others. And then maybe you have some tolerance for some weaker performing ones that if you're 
not considering it from that sort of perspective, if you're just like, okay, we're going to want to look at the real estate and what's the highest and best use of this real estate, mm-hmm. there could be a conflict. Oh man. Can because, you imagine, can you, can yeah. you imagine if that vegetable whopper took off? <laughs> like it just does super, super well, right? Just, just crushes the market. And all of a sudden Burger King's trying to buy up a bunch of properties and the real estate guys are like, Hey, this is a good deal. We should, we should sell these spots to Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> Talk yeah. about family drama. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That would, that would be uh by the way, have you had that burger? I have not tried the not the Burger King version of it. I've had I've had some of those Beyond Burger and Beyond Burger. Yeah, Impossible Burger or whatever. I forget what they all these cool names. Yeah, Bur- Burger I, King does Impossible Whopper, I think, or Impossible not Whopper. a Whopper or whatever they call it. But yeah, I, I've tried it and uh, you have. Yeah, it's tasty. I'll, I'll be honest, it, it's tasty. It's not a Whopper, uh, but it's it it is actually pretty doggone tasty. So yeah, I I don't know if that. You know, is it going to push me to switch? Uh, I like a good Whopper. I like a good Big Mac. Uh, I like meat. Well, actually, right. not so much Big Mac. The Quarter Pounder. No, that's where it's at. But right. anyway, got off on a tangent. But yeah, I mean. Uh, but I mean, you know, I think that's, you know, that's valid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but it would be it would be funny because we, we would see all sorts of drama, I'm sure. But I'd, I'd yeah, I wouldn't yeah, have to I be mean, involved in it. So it's funny for me, but uh, heartbreaking for somebody else, I'm sure. Right. But is yeah, but I mean, if you get back to the idea that like, okay, you know, if McDonald's as a burger company, not as a real estate company, what is the space like now? Um, you're you're not just competing with Burger King, but then you have some of these higher, whatever. Like I forget what the what the catchphrases for them, but like the Shake Shacks of the world that are emerging and mm-hmm. Five Guys, some of these you know higher quality burgers that are also competing and making, I think making a dent in, in that traditional business line. So, you know, that's a, again, a potential conflict if these, if these were actually two different managements and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I just don't think it's a good idea. I think we've, we've definitely covered that. What else? I mean, is there, is there any other good reason that they should be thinking about making changes like that? I mean, the other the other thing that I think about when I think about this sort of business model of separating the real estate operations from the retail operation. I mean, one, you know, Sears did did a similar thing, but I think they were in a very different fundamental business situation when they did it. You know, just because they're we've talked about them, their, their main line of their retail is struggling so hard, whereas they were sitting on a lot of high value real estate or a lot of really or a lot of spaces that were leased at below market rates. They had a ton of value that they could unlock. They also sat on a lot of land that could be developed Mm -hmm. from their, you know, just from their time when they, I mean, there was a time where Sears was actually a developer too, and they still had land or they still own rights to land. So for them, you know, they did split the company. They did create a real estate company and that's, been a lot more successful in some ways from the retailer. But in that case, it's like a really terrible, you know, not to be too harsh, but it's really struggling retailer from a a lot of really high potential value to be unlocked by by separating the real estate. I don't think we're looking at the same kind of so there there are, you know, there so that's one that's one, you know, other example of something like this happening, but I think the fundamentals in both the re, the retail operations side and the real estate side are very, very different yeah. than what we're looking at with McDonald's. The other thing I think about is the hotel sector, because that's another sector where a lot of the companies are structured like this, where really? the franchise or the hotel brands 
the franchises are entirely separate companies from the franchisers and then also the real estate may be owned by a third party. So, and again, there are also plenty of other quick service chains that don't own their real estate. So it would just be like the idea of McDonald's becoming more like what Subway does. So it's certainly not like the craziest idea in the world or unprecedented for, you know, there are franchise business that don't own the real estate. There are other sectors where these things are, you know, management and franchise and real estate are all different distinct entities. Mm-hmm. So that where, where like this concept, you know, isn't the craziest thing for some, for, for McDonald's to think about. But I think at the end of the day, I think that they, their reasons for not doing it make more sense to me than the reasons to do it. Yeah. And I, what I find interesting is that, you know, I've got some notes that you sent me ahead of time about what we would be talking about. And obviously you're bringing the, the heavy guns to the, to the conversation. But as I was going through this earlier before the podcast, I noticed uh, a quote, right? It was a, a quote by, I believe it was the original CEO uh, mm-hmm. of McDonald's. And I'm trying to find his name and where it was in the article itself. But I, I, I was so surprised because it, you know, he said it way back then that they're a real estate company. You know, the, the, I, th- I believe it was the the uh, the reason we sell fifteen cent burgers is is because of the real estate part of the the company. Um, right. So I don't know what year that was. I don't think the the article necessarily quoted what year that guy was the CEO. But fifteen cent burgers that's got to be back in the you know fifties or sixties. Right. Um, easy. So it, it, it's not like this is a hey, we, we just come on to this idea in the last 20, 30 years, and this has been great. It's probably pretty much been from day one. And I, I didn't see the movie. Uh, I can't remember, The Brothers or something. The Founder? The Founder, yeah. I didn't see the movie, so I don't know if it yeah. addressed any of this or addressed this idea. Now it makes me want to go see it, now that we're talking about it uh, in the in the article here. But, yeah, I uh, it, yeah, there it is. The only reason we sell 15-cent burgers is because they are the greatest producer of revenue from which our tenants can pay us rent. Right. Right. Oh, which, there you go. Yeah. Which would then get at the, like you were raising earlier, like, okay, well, if there is another <laughs> chain mm-hmm. that can raise revenue more efficiently in that use of space or another concept entirely, then like, you know, why we should lease it to them, <laughs> you know? So like yeah. that, which case, like, you know, that's, that's the you know one of the potential contradictions, and yeah, that, that that movie is very good. The founder is very good. It does come up there. There's a, we we embedded a, even the clip from the movie in in the article we posted, where the revelation is passed along to the CEO. You know, it's probably you know dramatized for Hollywood purposes, but where this kind of accountant guy sort of like try you know the company's struggling a little bit with their as they're exploding in growth and. He's like, dude, you're you're not, you know, the reason you're struggling is because you don't understand what business you're in. You're not in the burger business, you're in the real estate business. Mm. So that's that's in the movie, but it's a good movie. You know, Michael Keaton does a really good job in that one. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll have to take a look at it because, again, you couldn't have this, right? I mean, the, the franchise side could not help decide what things are going to cost to help, you know, the the owners pay rent, right? If, if they're not involved, if you separate the two companies, Real estate's just going to be looking for their rent. Franchise may say, hey, we need to make more revenue on this side, so we're going to up the price, which means they can't pay as much in rent or whatever. I just don't, I think the communication would just fail. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. What else do we need to know about this article specifically? No, I think that that kind of, 
I think that's the heart of it. You know, I, I think this is, I find this to be, like I said, it's a, it's an interesting topic that does come up again and again. And I think people are always very fascinated about the idea of like McReet you know, coming McReet's. around <laughs> so they could buy yeah. their, you know, buy their, you know, it would be, if they ever did do it, it would, I'm sure get a lot of investor interest. And I think a lot of retail investors would, would have a very, REITs that specialize in in properties that are net leased the way that that a McDonald's would be um, do very well. So a McDonald's REIT would certainly, I think, get a lot of investor interest and would would perform very well. So it's a very tantalizing idea to a lot of people, you know, especially the people that would make money from advising on doing a REIT IPO and those kind of things too. So you always have to think about, you know, that's where some of these ideas are coming from as well. The people that would certainly benefit from this kind of a transaction, but you know, you know, so it's always, it's a fun, I think it's a fun exercise. It's a fun story. It's, you know, we, we, but at the end of the day, the way that they're doing things is I think making sense. Yeah. I, I, one more thing that was in the article is that there was a quote from Pete Benson, mm-hmm. um, which the company's chief administrative officer, and that was back in 2015 I'm not yeah. going to say the quote. People can go to the website and take a look at the the full article. But because of that, because of the discussion back then, uh, they had estimated, and this is this is what, this is what kind of blows my mind, and maybe you have a comment about this. This is, by some estimates, McDonald's REIT would have unlocked about $20 billion in value, and that was in 2015. Right. Um, that's, a, that's a huge amount. So, I mean, yeah. I, I understand why people might be trying to push for it and say, hey, this is a good idea because, you know, Unlocking twenty billion dollars in value seems like a good idea. However, I think there's a lot of that drawback too. Yeah, yeah. And 2015 was was the last time this conversation came up. So, like I said, it is basically like every four years. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think I knew that was also the last time McDonald's changed CEOs. So there's sort of a a calendar to this. You know, new executives. Oh, new leadership. Maybe you should think about this idea which we have the last leadership already rejected. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. They just keep pulling out the same binder, man. Hey, yeah. I'm not rewriting this report. Just, just look at it. Would you (laughs) (laughs) just change the cover page? Yeah, exactly. And the date. That's right. Maybe change the valuations a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Just bump the numbers. There you go. That's what people are doing. Right. Oh my goodness. Alrighty. Do you have any teasers of what other articles are on the site this week? Uh, you know, some other stuff that we've covered recently, we also have a big piece looking at Walgreens. And recently the idea has been raised of Walgreens going private uh, again, which which is again another one of these stories that, I mean, they did, they were private. They were private. They were take, they were taken private in 2012. They, they became public again in 2017. Now suddenly they're talking about going private again. So what that means, you know, so, that story and what that means for the real estate, you know, Walgreens real estate. So that that's a that's a big one for people to look at. Yeah. And then some other recent pieces. We had a fun gallery looking at uh, another one of these, you know, ones that we do of based on a, based on a third party report. But this one was about twenty five dynamic American cities. Uh, so we did a whole gallery showcasing some of their metrics on that. And then you know just some other pieces on the big merger that's been proposed merger between Prologis and their, one of their competitors. So there's some, been some big stories uh, in addition to just some of the day-to-day stuff, but those are some highlights that I think people would enjoy. Yeah. Fantastic. And if you are, any of those piqued your interest, get to the website, check them out. And uh, there's a lot more content there. 
David, thank you so much. I, uh, I look forward to uh, having a burger, but I, I think I'm going to avoid uh, McDonald's and Burger King today. And because you said five guys, man, yeah. and that made me, that made me hungry for a five guys burger. And I got one down the road. So I'm going to close this out and I'm going to lunch. All right. Enjoy five guys. <laughs> all right, David. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to the common area podcast with David Bodemer. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when David comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your coworkers. Thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at NREI, this is Eric Johnson inviting you back in two weeks for all the news that matters to you. And we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Common Area Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of NREI or Informa. The content has been made available for information and educational purposes only.